Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Hey, so good to see you today. Thanks for being with us. I just want to welcome those of you that are joining us online as well. Can I be honest with you? I'm expecting a lot out of you today. I've been saving this one for three weeks. And we finally brought coffee back. So I'm expecting... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to be back as well. Thank you. And... Uh, Hey, will you pray with me about something? October 17th, we're going to start a new series of messages, of a four-week series called Coming Home. We're going to do a deep dive into the story of the prodigal son. And uh, I really feel like God is going to use this season to call some people back to him who are far from the Father. Does anybody know anybody like that? And so I would encourage you, if you've got some people in your heart, uh, whether they live here in Toledo or live somewhere far away, would you pray that God will use kind of those four weeks to do some things that mend relationships and bring freedom and restore salvation to people's lives? Already, I think God might begin to, to drop some people into your heart of who you could invite, maybe not just to church, but maybe to invite them to watch online, which is sometimes a doorway into those things. But really do believe that God's going to use us. We'll talk to you a little bit more about those services as we get a little bit closer, how we're going to pray, what, what I believe God wants to do. But looking forward to how he's going to use that coming home series here um, starting October 17th. Today's a really simple message. We are going to take a look at one of the stories that Jesus told. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 8 today. Luke chapter 8, whether you have it in a print or a digital form, all throughout the Gospels, primarily Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus tells stories. They're called parables. Because they're not just fairy tales, they're stories that he tells because they have a spiritual meaning that he wants us to get from them. And so we're going to look at one of the, the parables that shows up in, in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's one that Jesus told. We would guess that he probably told it multiple times as he was going out and as he was teaching. And it's a well-known one. We often refer to it as the parable of the sower, although that's probably not the best name for it. But let's start. Let's, let's go. Luke chapter 8 beginning with verse four. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And then Jesus gives this conclusion. He says in verse 8, when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. There's a word that he wants us to get from this story that he tells and so he says, if you have ears to hear, and hear what I'm trying to say. And I really do believe that God has something, not just timeless for all of us, but timely for some of us, that he wants to speak to us today. So I hope that you'll open your ears, that you'll spiritually be willing to say, God, what do you want to speak to my heart through this story? Because what's interesting in all three gospels, what we see where he tells this story is that Jesus tells the story, and then 
he gives a little bit of description about it. I, I hate to, oh, I don't like to do this. I hate to brag. <laughs> but I have the, as a pastor, I think, and as a person, I have the spiritual gift of eavesdropping. Anybody else have that spiritual gift of eavesdropping? It's kind of just a, it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic gift that comes and goes, and it's probably a sin many times. But I have the spiritual gift of eavesdropping. We get the opportunity in this passage of Scripture to go in the room with Jesus and the 12 disciples and eavesdrop on a private conversation that they have. Because after he tells this story to the masses, the disciples say, why do you, why do you use parables? And what was that one all about? And he goes into this whole concept behind parables, and then he says this. He says, let me tell you what that story means. And so in Luke, in verse 11 of chapter 8, he picks this back up, and he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. And those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil, seed on good soil, stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, and by persevering, produce a crop. We're going to leave that verse up there for just a minute because I want to point out to you some things. You probably have heard this story before. If you've been around the church, I can remember being in Sunday school as a little kid and learning this story. Maybe it's new to you for the first time. It's a cool story that Jesus tells. And in the Gospel of Luke, Luke does something a little bit different than Matthew and Mark. This is why maybe we, we think that Jesus probably told it multiple times, that there may have been different, different things that he added in some different times when he told it. And when Luke got the story told back to record it, Luke gives us a little bit more detail about the good soil than Matthew does or than Mark does. He digs in and he doesn't just say good soil. He says, look, let me tell you a little bit about the good soil because that's what I want to be in my life. And he says, the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. That's kind of a Greek term that has to do with those who are people of character and people who are working on their character, people who want to kind of be people of character. And in that, when we read that, here's what I honestly believe. I honestly believe that's you. I believe you're a person with a noble and a good heart. Not just because I want to give you the benefit of the doubt, because for some of you I am, but not just because it's a joke, it's a joke. Not just because of that, but the reason I believe that is because you're hearing this word today. But God has privileged you to eavesdrop on a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. So he believes that he's not wasting this seed on your soil today, that he has something for your ears to hear. So, so he says that those with a noble and a good heart and who hear the word, Jesus stresses this, right? He doesn't just mean that you heard it, but that you heard it. Does that make sense? That you take it in, that you're serious about it, that you listen and understand and do what it says. 
He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. He, he says, the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, that's you, who hear the word, that's us today, retain it. We'll, we'll dig into kind of what that means, what that looks like here in just a moment. And by persevering, produce a crop. Luke's the only one who uses this word. He's the only one who says it. And I think that's interesting and if we have a word for the day class, <laughs> the word is persevere. We live in a day and time where we need to persevere. Agree? <laughs> like it, it's, it's difficult at times in life to just kind of keep going. Like if we're honest about just some of the day-to-day -day stuff, and maybe this is just venting or whining for just a moment, but it's harder to go eat in a restaurant even today than it was two years ago. Isn't that true? Like, I mean, that's just, and guess what? That doesn't matter. <laughs> But even just the little things are harder. So start thinking about the other things in your life. And unless I miss my guess, for many of us, we feel like we're in a season where there's times where we're just, it feels like we're just walking through mud. Or like we're not getting anywhere. And we're struggling in this season somehow. Maybe that's in your job. Maybe that's in school, your family. You're dealing with change or fear or uncertainty or division, you're just tired. And you just go, I, I, I'm, I'm worn out. Can I tell you, if we're going to take this message down to just one word today, that word, and I believe Jesus is calling us to this in this story, this word is that you persevere. Because what he says here is if you're going to be good soil, then with a noble and a good heart, when you hear that word, you hold on to it, and then you do what? You, you persevere. Perseverance is the key to fruitfulness. Like if you want to grow, if you want to see God's word come to work in your life, if you want to live a life that is meaningful, if you want to pass on your faith and your life and values to your children, if you want to live a life that is successful, that makes a difference, that matters, that is rewarding, he says if you want to produce something in your life, if you want to be fruitful, the key, he says, is that you persevere. Because if you don't, you can't. The reality is he talks in this story over and over again about being mature, about growing up, about producing fruit. And the reality is you cannot grow up if you give up. So you have to persevere to keep moving through those difficult seasons, the tough times, even ones that aren't so tough, but you have choices that you have to make. This story is a call to persevere. So here's what we're going to do in the next few moments. I want to go back to what we've just read, and I want to look at those four soil types that Jesus gives to us. And I want you to see how in each one, he is calling us. We are being challenged to persevere. So let's go back. We'll start with verse 12. Luke chapter 8, verse 12. Here's where Jesus starts, kind of soil number one. He says, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Now, when, when I see this, there's a, when I read this, there's a couple things that come to my mind. One, I go back to the picture that Jesus actually paints when he first tells the story, and he talks about how the bird comes and snatches away the seed. Matthew actually uses the word that he snatches away the seed, and I get a picture of a bird in my mind. Anybody else? Right? This is the one I get. This is the bird that I see. Anybody else? That's the one. Kind of this nasty-looking black crow. 
just kind of just waiting to snatch that seat. That's the one that I see. What's interesting is throughout ancient literature, there's multiple times in the Jewish tradition where the devil is compared to a bird. That idea of snatching, that was an idea that they'd have been familiar with. And so there's this idea. Here's the other thing that, that I often think when I read that passage. I usually, when I read that passage, and you got four soils, right? So I don't know if we have a ratio there, 25, 25, 25, 25%. I don't know or not, but maybe, who knows? But I often think when I read that, that that's the unbelievers. Like those are the ones who just don't believe in Jesus. It's not me. It's those people that don't believe. And then as I was reading it this time, I realized, but I also think there's times when that bird tries to snatch the seed from me too. Anybody else? Like I think for me to read that and think that the only person who the devil comes after to try to steal God's word from working in their heart are people that don't go to church on Sundays, then I'm sadly mistaken. And I need to realize that when God's word comes to my heart, there is an enemy of your soul and my soul who wants to snatch that word from doing its work in my life. Agreed? Look, every time that temptation comes, and I know what God's word says, but I choose to sin instead in what I do, in what I say, and how I think. I've let the devil come and snatch God's word from working its power in my life. Does that make sense? Like every time that I get distracted and push God's word aside and accept the word of the culture, accept the word of whatever, look, there's challenges to us. But oftentimes we say, well, I, I want to be a good citizen, or I want to do this, or I need to take care of myself, or I'm, I'm sucked into social media, or, or listening to what cable news is, and you've got all those things that can come your way. But the reality is, if any of those things take a place that's primary, that's over, that's more important than God's word, what's happened in the process is the devil has succeeded in stealing the power of God's word out of my life because I've replaced it with something else that I think is more important. God's word speaks to us. And we cannot allow the devil to keep us from that. Let, let me give you another example. Every time that you look at your own life and you say, I don't matter, I'm not important, that you forget who you are in Christ, you have allowed the devil to come in and snatch the seed of God's word out of your life and keep it from working in your heart. You need to be reminded that you are a daughter and you are a son of the king of kings and that Jesus gave his life for you and every time that you push that aside and you say, I don't matter, I'm worthless, I'm not important, my life has no purpose and meaning, you have allowed that guy <laughs> to come in and snatch God's word from working in your life. Every time fear comes knocking on your door, you ever heard it? Every time fear comes knocking on your door and you don't take a promise from God's word and just kind of stick it in the window and tell him to go away, but instead you open it up and let them in? Every time you do that, you focus on those fears. You push God's promises aside, and the devil sits back and says, I just snatched that one. You ever had anything stolen from you? Like, raise your hand. Anybody ever had anything stolen? I mean, it's, it's, it's not fun. 23 years ago, I can remember, we moved to Toledo. We were renting a house at that time. We just, we just moved here. We'd only been in the house a couple of months, and I still had the 10-speed bicycle that I, that I rode when I was in high school. It was sweet, <laughs> kind of burgundy, had little stickers with my name on it. I loved that bike. And one day, middle of the day, right in the middle of the day, 
I had the garage door open. And I go out. I knew my bike was there the night before. It's gone. Somebody stole my bike. I'm telling you this because I still believe that there's a burgundy bike out there somewhere that says Chad right on the, you know, right on the, if you see it, let me know. There's grace or forgiveness. If it was you, buddy, I'll forgive you. I just want my bike back. Because you know what hurts? When something's stolen from you, you know what hurts even more? Realizing how many times that guy's stolen something from me and I've been an accomplice to the crime. Because I just, I just handed it to him. Because every time I ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life, I allow the enemy of my soul to steal God's word from doing his work in my life. My encouragement to you, in a day and a culture that challenges anything that's truth, in a time when God's word is in so many ways disregarded and dismissed, you guard God's work word that's at work in your heart and you persevere you don't let the enemy snatch that that god wants to have work in your heart you guard god's word at work in your heart and you persevere that's why solomon says this proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 he says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it so, so that's, the, that's the first place. You hold on to God's word. You persevere. Uh, let's go to the second soil, verse, verse 13, Luke chapter 8, verse 13. He says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So, so the ones on that soil are like those who are on like a rocky ground and they have no root. So many of you, I suppose if you're a gardener or a landscaper or that's kind of a part of your life, you know what it's like to go to plant something and you realize as you get into the soil that you find a whole bunch of rocks, stones, that the soil doesn't go very deep. Instead, what you're dealing with is all these other things that are there that somehow are going to limit the growth of that plant. This might be what you find when you dig around. In, in Jesus' time, there were, and probably you know, in, in areas around here as well, there's places where the soil's not very deep before you hit kind of a shelf, kind of a level of rock. And in those places, there's not much moisture, there's not much soil. So when the plant goes to grow, what it's hitting is all these stones and these rocks instead. And so it can't go very deep. And what happens is... He compares that to what happens in some of our lives, that there are these times that we begin to grow. In fact, he even says that we receive the word with joy when we hear it, but because those roots never grow down deep, we only believe for a while, and then when the time of testing comes, we don't just fade away, we fall away. That, that's kind of scary. What's he mean when he says testing? Well, let's go to what Matthew says in this passage of scripture. When Matthew talks about this same part in the story, he gives us a few more words to help us understand it. He says, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. He says, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, when trouble or persecution, that helps us to understand what he means when he says testing. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly, what do they do? <laughs> Fall away. Same thing that, that Luke tells us as well that Jesus said. So let, let's talk about this. He says the issues we might face, the stones that may come up in our soil 
or trouble and persecution and testing. When he talks about trouble, he's, he's talking about distress. Those kind of outside forces that come against us in life. Oftentimes things that you don't see coming, things that you don't understand, things that you never asked for. And when that trouble comes, if you're not careful, if you're not choosing to stay rooted, you'll be willing to kind of just give up in those moments. You'll stop persevering. And what will happen is during times of trouble, times of distress, you can find yourself in a place where that plant begins to wither, where, you're, where the seed of God's word in your life begins to wither. And the danger is you might fall away. He says the same thing about persecution. What is Persecution. Well, any time that something comes your way that's, that's negative, it's any time when you face a difficulty because of what you believe, well, that's persecution. And you might face some of that. Like, that might be a stone that comes your way. And for some people, if you don't choose to stay rooted, what happens is in times of persecution, instead of letting those roots sink deep and persevering, you can be tempted to give up. And then he talks about testing. Testing is, is when something's pooling or pushing on you in a way where your strength is tested. And you're not sure if you can do it. And you've probably got some stones like that in your life as well. Some things where you go, <laughs> I'm not so sure. In those moments, you, you wonder, I have the strength to handle this. And what Jesus says in these moments of trouble and persecution and testing is don't let those things keep you from letting your roots go deep. You stay rooted in times of testing and you persevere. You hang in there. I stress this because unless I miss my guess, and, and I don't know if we're playing a numbers game where you say one out of every four, but let's just say that, that that's, that's represented here, then 25% of you have thought recently, maybe I'll just give up. The trouble's too much. The persecution, I can't take it. The testing, I can't handle it. And you're tempted to just kind of pull out. And the reality is, Jesus says here, you stay rooted in times of testing. It's hard because sometimes the reason sometimes we want to walk away from the faith is because of the faith. Maybe it's because of something that someone said or did to you in a church, in religion. And can I tell you where your roots go down? Your roots don't go down in just some other person. And your roots don't go down in an institution or rules or religion. Your roots go down and grab hold of Jesus Christ. And when you hold on to him, that's when you persevere. Because everything else is just going to fall apart. And you have to, in those moments, say to yourself, I know that I am facing trouble and persecution and testing. And I'm going to stay rooted because I'm not going to fall away. You ready for a little honest talk? That's easier said than done. Because you ever been troubled, persecuted, or tested? It's hard in those moments. So can I tell you something? If you know someone that is struggling in those moments, we were never meant to be rooted alone. Here's another analogy from nature, and maybe you've heard that before. Hallelujah. Is that smooth? Not that smooth. Not that smooth. No. No one has ever used the word Chad Gilligan and smooth all in the same sentence. Never happened. You ever heard of those sequoia redwood trees in California? They grow hundreds of feet. What's interesting about these massive trees 
is that even though they grow so tall, you would think that their roots would have to go down just as deep, but they don't. Most of them only go down about six to 12 feet, which doesn't seem to make any sense because how can you have a tree that massive? See, the deal is when their roots go down in the ground, they don't go down deep to connect and grab hold of itself. They spread out and they connect to one another. So the strength of the 500-ton redwood, the strength of the 350-feet-tall redwood is not in itself. The strength of the redwood is that it's rooted and grabbed hold of to one another. If you know someone who is going through trouble and persecution and testing, you know what they need from you? They need you to let them know that you are rooted together in this thing. And if that's you right now, recognize that's, that's why we're here. If you're in this room, if you're watching online, look, that's the power of the body of Christ is we are rooted to one another. So my encouragement to you in this moment is if you're looking at some of this stuff in your life, it might be time to kind of do a little yard work and to go out and get rid of some of these stones. Now, nah, they're not going to go away, but you do have to have a choice to say, look, even though I will face trouble and testing in those moments, I am going to stay rooted through it all. And together, we can stand strong. And what's our word for the day? <laughs> We're going to persevere. We're going to stand strong through those times. All right, let's go to the next soil. We've talked about the, the, the path where it gets snatched up. We've talked about those that are among the stones and the rocks. Let's go to the next one, verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Worries, riches, pleasures. He, he says those things will choke the life out of you. When you, you think about those things, I don't usually put worries and pleasures in at the same time. Except if I'm honest, my worries, my riches, the pleasures, they all affect me the same way. And the reality is what those things are, if you're honest about it, is the stuff that we tend to carry around in our lives. Like there's something that's, that's yours. It's like your, your box of stuff. But whether anybody knows it or not, it's, it's the things that you carry, your worries, your riches, your pleasures. And if we are going to be candid with each other, there's probably more in here than you want to recognize. About once a year, usually without warning, Rhonda says to me, it's time to clean out your closet. I don't know if there is a purgatory. No, there's not a purgatory. But if there is, you clean closets for a long time. Like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Anybody ever moved? Do you ever move from one house to another? And you usually go, where did all this stuff come from? Like, how did I get all this stuff? On a good day, I have the discipline to be able to kind of just start cleaning stuff out and throwing it out. My other spiritual gift some days is hoarding. Can I get an amen? And I just, I hold on to it because it's my stuff. Ultimately, it's worries and riches and pleasures. Do you know why I think Jesus groups them all together? Because they're all the things that if you're focusing here, you're not focusing on him. They're distracting you from the growth that he wants to bring. What's he say? You don't mature if you're letting those things choke the life out of you. 
And maybe it's time to do an inventory on some things in your life. And take a look at those things. Look, don't let the stuff of life choke the life out of you. You persevere. And I know far too many people who will let their worries keep them from looking to Jesus. They'll let their riches take their confidence off of Jesus. They'll let their pleasures cause them to lose satisfaction with Jesus. And eventually, they're not that connected to Jesus. Now look, the things that you might carry might be a part of your story. It might be some things in the way that you're wired. It might be some things that you actually enjoy. Does that mean that you just gotta throw them all out? Do you have to give them all away? I don't think you have to give them all away. I think the most important thing is that you give them to Jesus. And that you say, Jesus, that these are the things that if I'm not careful will choke the life out of me. And so I'm gonna give them to you. I'm gonna entrust them to you and let him work that out in your life. I suppose my question for you is, what's in your box? And if you're honest about it, are they things that can keep you from growing, maturing in your faith, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit? And if they are, today might be a day when the Spirit's calling you to give those things to Jesus. Can I I tell you one other reason why this matters, parents, grandparents? I think it matters because I think oftentimes we take our boxes and we pass them on to the next generation. And then when they get our boxes, they're usually heavier than even when we were carrying them. And so I would challenge you, if there are things in your box that you need to deal with and give to Jesus, do it ASAP before it doesn't just choke the life out of you but could choke the life out of your family as well. If there is something that's causing you to pull away from God, can I encourage you? Persevere. All right, let's get to the last one. We'll we'll park here just for a couple of minutes. Four soils. You got the seed that falls on the path that the birds snatch. You got the seed that falls on the stony soil where where it doesn't have an opportunity to get any root. You've got the seed that falls among the thorns and the life gets choked out of it. And then verse 15, we read this. But the seed on good soil, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, And by persevering, produce a crop. I really like that one. Anybody else? (laughs) That's the one I want to be. Until I think about what makes soil good. Because if it's good soil, then it has to be ready to receive the seed. There's things that can be done, right? You can use fertilizer. There's treatments that you can do. There's all kinds of things. But there's a couple of things I want to point out that if you're going to be good soil, if that's who you want to claim to be, it's probably good to come to terms with. That's probably not going to happen easily. There's probably going to be something that that soil goes through to prepare it for the seed. Tough times create good soil. So persevere. 
Tough times create good soil. So persevere. Let's play the numbers game one more time. You might not all be in a tough time right now, but odds are at least 25% of you are. Odds are that there's more than one of you in this room or watching online or seeing this on TV or listening to this podcast that you're saying, tough times, I didn't sign up, but I'm in them. And can I tell you that tough times create good soil? What do you mean by tough times? Well, think about it. If you're going to plant something, if, you, if you're going to go plant uh, some kind of flower or tree or whatever in your, in your yard, if you're going to do a garden, at some point, you can't just go out there and just put that thing there and hope for the best, right? <laughs> you got to prepare the soil which usually means you got to take some kind of tool. I'll just, I'll just go old school. I'll just use kind of a crude, crude rake, but you might have a hoe or you might have, if you're doing a garden, you might have a tiller. Who knows? You might have a backhoe, not because you need it, just because you want it, right? I mean, it's that kind of thing. And you're just like, I got tools. Because when I go out there, I'm going to go out and I've got to prepare that soil. Look, you're not going to be able to put that plant in there. That seed's not going to do anything unless first you break up that soil. So can I challenge you to persevere through the breaking times? Because if you're going to be good soil, you will have to go through some seasons where you're broken, where something prepares you for the seed that God's about to put in your life. Because if you're not good soil, if you're not ready for that seed, it's not going to grow. And so would you persevere? If you're in one of those moments, can I challenge you to persevere? I went to an event recently uh, for the Ohio Ministry Network of the Assemblies of God. That's the fellowship of churches that Calvary's a part of. And um, we, we have a, a camp down in the Columbus area called Heartland. And it's where our students go for camp every year. And just went for the retreat not too long ago. So Heartland's our camp. And they're building a new building down there. And so I was there for some meetings. And while I was there, they had this special groundbreaking ceremony for the new building, which is cool. It's fun. They got photographers out there, you know, and it's, it's historic. So they got the contractor that's there and all these things. They're like, okay, everybody, it's picture time, you know. And so all the, all the execs go out there. And they've got people from the contractors and architects and all that and they go out there and they all stand out there and they put on hard hats and they hold their shovels and they smile and they take their pictures and then they go okay that's the really important people now let's have the almost really important people right so then important people step away and then the other people come over and then they trade hats and it was hot and I was like ooh that's I don't want to wear anybody else's hat can I get an amen right so then they trade trade these hats and then they're all taking pictures and I know where I am on the list I'm like, I'm like not even barely important, right? So they got to go, they got to go down through the whole list. So finally, when I know I got to go and be one of these pictures, the whole time I'm like, Lord, if you love me, I will not have to wear a hat, which it's good to be tall and stand in the back. Can I get an amen? Right? So I'm back there. They're taking these pictures and they're doing all this. And so they do all this, you know, and at some point somebody, they take their shovels and they put them in the ground and they turn over the dirt and you're like groundbreaking. That's awesome. Here's the thing. When the groundbreaking's over, that whole process goes from photo op to violence. Because at some point, it's not just smiling people wearing sweaty hats turning some dirt. They're going to bring machines out there that will break up what is there to prepare it for what is next. Because there's no building unless first there's breaking. If you are in a season where you say, God, why am I being broken? God, why am I going through this? God, why is this happening? Don't you give up. 
You persevere because it could be that this breaking is what's happening so that the building can take place. Because unless there's first some breaking, there will never be any fruitfulness. It is often the breaking of the soil that brings the blessing of the fruit. Does that make sense? So if you are in one of those seasons, can I tell you, it's not just a photo op. I know it's hard. But recognize that if you're in that season, it may just be because there is something happening in the soil of your heart so that out of that, there will be a fruitfulness. What did Jesus say? 30, 60, 100 times? That there is a fruitfulness that is coming your way. But it'll only happen if first you're good soil. So you persevere through the breaking times. And you hold on. Can I give you one more? That when you're in these moments, if you want to be good soil, that there are times when you need to be willing to persevere through the stormy times. And some of you just went, he opened an umbrella inside. It is not in the Bible, all right? The enemy is snatching the seed from your heart right now. This is not in the Bible. You need to get over yourselves. You ever had plans, and then all of a sudden it started to rain, and you're like, this just ruined everything, because I thought it was going to go another way, and now everything has changed, and there you are. And you have to persevere through these stormy times. You have to deal with the disappointment. And you have to go, it's not supposed to be this way. We have a phenomenal tech team here that uh, not only do a great job, but they're often like, hey, man, you you might want to do this a little bit different. Because they told me that when I do this, then if you look on the screens, my face is gone. (laughs) To which some of you said, I have prayed for that moment. Thank you, Lord. So I'm not supposed to sit here like this, except the reality is sometimes that's exactly how you feel. Do I even matter? Is this going to work out? Whatever happened to me? And we have those moments of disappointment. And what do we do in those times is we have to recognize that even in those moments, even in the stormy times, oftentimes what hard soil needs It's a good dose of rain. Isn't that true? Because sometimes there's just no life without it. I had a mentor tell me when I was uh, in Bible college. He said, when you preach, you need to preach from where you are to where you want to be. So can I tell you about the last month of my life for just a minute? Like, you can check out if you want. This is just therapy for me. Is that that okay? (laughs) We've been gone for about three weeks and had been saving up vacation time for quite a while and so thankful to... Pastor Keith and the whole team, everybody that kind of jumped in and was willing to preach and all that. I mean, just everything was, was great. And we planned kind of a dream vacation. But did you know some dreams are nightmares? <laughs> and just about everything we planned did not go according to plan. And uh, long story short, if you were with us last week, we, our son Evan lives overseas, and the, the plan was to go and spend some time with him. And Everything just kind of went off the rails, and he, he, he shared a little bit, if you were in the service last week, and 
Um, Evan, Evan wasn't supposed to come home, but he came home. So even though everything went off the rails, it was great because it was awesome. We got to spend a couple weeks with him. And so if you, if you, he was with us in church on Sunday. And then on Monday, he came down with the symptoms of malaria that he picked up while living overseas. So just, just a word to the wise, don't get malaria. It's bad. And so in the midst of this whole thing, we, we've spent the last week just sitting in a hospital room down in Columbus wondering, God, what's going on? Like, why is this happening? Like, this isn't at all what we planned. And we've been disappointed. My like, gosh, I know compared to some of the things some of you have gone through, that's, that's not a big deal. And praise God, during the last service, I got a text. Evan got uh, uh, discharged, and he's on his way home. And we're thankful. And yeah, thank you. And, and appreciate your prayers as he kind of recovers in this whole process. But you sit there, you've been there, and you wonder in the midst of that disappointment, why did it rain on my parade? Anybody? <laughs> and yet there are these moments for under the umbrella when you start to go, oh, wait, <laughs> that's God's faithfulness. Oh, I see God right there. Oh, man, that could only be God. What God did right there is powerful. Oh, my goodness, he, he saved our life. And you start looking at these things, and it may not have been the way that you thought it was, but that stormy season was exactly what he used to prepare the good soil in your life so what he wanted to do could be fruitful all along. And I have to believe that at some point at the end of that, you stand back and you go, God, you are so good and faithful. And I put my trust and my confidence in you. I share that for two reasons. One, that felt good to get off my chest. Two, because at least 25% of you needed to hear it. That today, if you are going through a stormy time, you might be going through that stormy time because that's how God is building good soil in your life. Because he wants you to be fruitful. Because he has good things in store for you. Because it's often in the disappointment of the rain that it brings life to the soil. Because without it, you're never going to grow. You'll never be fruitful. So my fear is that you'll run away from the times of breaking in umbrellas instead of embracing them and saying, God, would you build good soil in my life? James must have known some tough times. Because when he started the letter to the churches that he wrote to, James chapter 1, the first verse is, hey guys, how are you? Verse 2, he says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, what's our word for the day, class? <laughs> he says, you let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Because when you persevere, that's when God is able to bring a great harvest to your life. When you, when you study the ancient Near East and, and theologians, historians, they go back and forth on this. But the way that Jesus tells the story, it seems to suggest the idea that agriculture at that time worked a little bit different than at our time. In our time, you're gonna go out and prepare the soil and then you plant the seed. 
But it sounds like during that time, and we have other historical references to believe this, that the sower would go out and just kind of indiscriminately just put the seed everywhere. In, in the place where you were, you just kind of put the seed everywhere. You're, you're going to sow the seed everywhere. And then, after that seed's there, then he's going to come back and plow. And then he's going to get that, that place ready. So can I tell you that the seed is out there? Now it's time to plow. And the question is, what kind of soil are you going to be? So can I ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? And odds are that a message like this is, is timeless. That it speaks to all of us. But I also would guess that for at least 25% of us, this message is timely. And that you're in this room or you're in the chapel, or you're in your car, or you're sitting in your living room. And in this very moment, God is speaking to your heart, and he's just whispering one word. He's saying, persevere. Don't you give up. Don't you let the devil snatch my truth from your life. Don't you let your troubles cause you to, to fall away. Don't you let your worries and your pleasures and the riches choke the life out of you. And if you are in a tough season of breaking or disappointment, you persevere. You hang on. And you don't give up. And there is plowing going on in some of our lives today. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that for some of us, the word we need to hear is persevere. And so if that's you, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something, just whether, whether you're watching online or you're here in this room, just do something just kind of super simple. We're not going to sing a song. We're not going to try to tap into some kind of emotion because at some point it's got to be a decision that you make. But if you would say, Holy Spirit, today I needed to hear this word and I need your help to persevere right now would you just stand right where you are if that's you in this room watching online if that's you if you would say holy spirit today right now in my job in my school in my family as a parent in my life spiritually in whatever way god i want to be good soil i'm going to persevere i want to pray with you today if that's you I'll give you one more minute because I honestly believe that sometimes a, a spiritual experience requires a physical response. You just gotta, you gotta be willing to say, God, that's me. I'm gonna stand up in faith. If you're in a moment to say, I need to persevere. I wanna pray with you. Father, we thank you for your word. A timely word that speaks to our hearts in just the right moment. And for each of us right now, you're, you're encouraging us in a way and you're calling us in this season disappointment, breaking, of, of worry, of trouble, and saying, God, I choose to persevere. I want to be good soil. I want to stand strong. I put my confidence in you. Lord, you know exactly what's in each person's heart. You know exactly what they're going to face at the end of this service. And 
Holy Spirit, would you strengthen them? Holy Spirit, would you come throughout this week and remind them? Would you let your word speak truth to them? Would you let the seed that's been planted today bring a great harvest? God, would you call us to persevere, to stand strong, and know that through that, we are going to see a fruitfulness in our lives that only comes because you've made us good soil. Can I ask everybody to stand, if if you would, please? And here's here's what I want to do just as we pray and we wrap up. For those of you that were standing, here's what I want you to know. You got a strong root system here today. And if you just stood, if you, if you didn't stand the first time and you're maybe next to someone you know, don't, 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 I mean, we're still in kind of a weird pandemic season. Don't get weird or creepy or anything like that. Like, like but like next to somebody you know, why don't you put a hand on their shoulder? And if, 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 if you don't know them or if they're giving you that look like, no, no, you know, just maybe just, just do this. Some of you just need that. No, no. But that's a whole nother sermon. And Father, we thank you for this root system. We would know that we don't stand alone, but that you've called us to stand together and to persevere. For the one who's listening to this or watching this online or on television that right now just needs to be reminded that you are right there with them in this moment, that they are not alone, that you know them, you know their name. Would you help them to persevere? For the one that's in this room that has wondered in their disappointment, that has wondered in their breaking, that has wondered in their worry, that has wondered in this testing season, God, if they can make it, would you encourage them today? They are not alone. Would you remind them to persevere? And Lord, we thank you for the promise in your word that says when we do, perseverance will lead to fruitfulness. And so, Lord, we look forward to seeing the blessing and the things that you're going to work out in our lives as we put our confidence in you. Father, thanks for your word. Lord, we ask that as we go, that you would go with us with your special favor and with your wonderful peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.